In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. So some of you know, we just had a little baby boy recently, Malachi. He was born a month ago. So that means it's only a matter of time until Malachi makes his way into one of my sermons, right? And today is just as good a day as any, as Christ talks about becoming like little children, right? And so I want to share with you some lessons that I've learned from Malachi about what it means to be converted as little children. Right? Just 10 meditations or lessons that I've learned from certain qualities about Malachi in this short month that he's been with us. Right? So, first quality or lesson about Malachi is that he's dependent. Malachi is totally dependent. If I leave him for the, the day just by himself, he won't survive, right? He's a little baby, he's totally dependent. And so, a lot of times as we grow and we mature, we think that we're independent and we can make it on our own and we're tempted to have a more autonomous mindset, right? And that's entirely contrary to the Christian life. Because the Christian life is one of dependence. One totally dependent on God. To the extent that we say, we live and breathe and move, and we have our being in God Himself. Without Him, we can do nothing. Right? This is what Christ said, without me you can do nothing. He didn't say, without me you can do the little easy things, but you really need me for the big hard things. No, without me you can do nothing. Not even the little simple things. Right? And so, that's a lesson to keep in mind. That if we are to be like little children, we are to be dependent. We are to lean on God and say, God, I need you. Lord, I need you. Without you, I am nothing. And there's nothing more precious to God than that prayer. Right? In Psalm 126, we pray, Unless the Lord builds the house, those who have built it have labored in vain. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchmen have watched in vain. It is vain for you to rise early and, and so on, right? So, we consider all our work is entirely in vain unless it's the Lord who's working in us. Because without Him, we're nothing. Okay, so that's number one, dependent. Number two, that Malachi is honest. Right? Malachi doesn't know how to lie. He wears his heart in his sleeves. Right? What you see is what you get. But he doesn't pretend. There's nothing to pretend about. Right? If he's hungry, he'll tell you that he's hungry. Right? If he's uncomfortable, he's going to show it. Right? Whenever he's going number one or two, he tells you. Right? Everything about him is honest. Right? He doesn't pretend. That's a beautiful lesson because a lot of times as we grow, we put on a mask. Right? As we grow, a lot of times we hide behind all of these different images. Right? But the beauty of a child is that a child is totally transparent. Like what you see is what you get. And so often, we complicate our life whenever we, we put this facade in front of the world and in front of God. Right? As if we can get away with it. As if we can pretend to be someone different in front of God. Right? But if we can learn one thing about children, it's just to be honest, to be transparent, it's to be true to who we are. 
Lord, these are my weaknesses. These are my struggles. These are my sins. This is what I'm dealing with right now. Right? And I'm coming to you in that spirit of honesty. Right? So dependent, honest. And number three is that Malachi is relaxed. He's totally relaxed. He's chill. He doesn't have a single care in the whole world. Right? When, when he's sleeping in mommy's arms and daddy's arms, it's like everything in the world is perfect. Right? He doesn't have a single worry on his mind. He doesn't know anything about taxes. He doesn't know anything about the economy. He doesn't know anything about all of the, the, the chaos overseas. He's just relaxed. Right? And as we grow, what happens is that we complicate our lives. We learn a lot more. And as we learn more, we just get more complicated. Right? And of course, there's no virtue in, in ignorance. Right? But to retain that purity and that innocence, despite of all of the troubles around us, is what the virtue of surrender and being relaxed in God's hand is all about. Right? That despite all of the troubles around me, I can say, Lord, I am resting in your hands. I have faith in you. Right? Because there's no virtue in, in Malachi resting in our hands and for him to be relaxed. That's just because he doesn't know any better. Right? He doesn't have any faith. Because he doesn't know any better. He doesn't know about the troubles around him. So that's not virtuous. That's just ignorance. Right? But as we grow and we really understand that there are troubles around us, but despite the troubles, we can relax in God's hands. Because of our faith in Him, that's what matters. Right? That's what matters. Like whenever Moses brought the Jews out from Egypt and they were in front of the Red Sea and they were troubled. And he says, the Lord will fight for you and you have only to be still. Relax. You have only to hold your peace. Remember that verse, Exodus 14, 14. It's a beautiful verse. Okay? So dependent, honest, relaxed. And number four is that Malachi is persistent. He's very persistent. He's determined. If he's hungry, he's going to let you know. And he's not going to stop until he gets his milk. Right? If he is uncomfortable and needs to be changed... He's going to cry, he's going to fuss, he's going to let you know until he's changed, right? He's going to continue to persist in like really getting what he wants. A lot of times, we're discouraged by the lack of results or the lack of progress after struggling for a little bit of time, right? And we forget that virtue comes through persistence, through determination, Right? Just like the, the woman in Luke 18. Whenever she went to nag the judge, she's constantly nagging him. And what did Christ say about this woman? He praised her. He said, I wish everyone was like this woman. She's so persistent. Right? She's constantly nagging the judge. How much more will you receive if you're constantly nagging God? Be persistent. A lot of times when like Malachi just won't stop crying, and I'm like, I wish I was this 
consistent and this persistent and this determined with God. Right? A lot of times it doesn't go my way. I'm like a little tired, whatever, and then I just give up. Right? But if we're to learn anything from children, it's to be persistent in that way. Right? So that's number four. Number five is that Malachi is growing. He's developing, he's progressing. He's small, he's super tiny. But, despite how small he is, nevertheless he's growing. Right? Malachi was born 6 pounds, 4 ounces. A few days later, like babies typically do, he lost a little bit of weight. Right? So he went down to 5 pounds, 9 ounces. Okay? That's normal. A week later, you know, after we went for the checkup, he went up to 6 pounds, 9 ounces. So from 5 pounds, 9 ounces to 6 pounds, 9 ounces. That's a solid pound in a week. That's a big deal. You think like you gain a pound, you lose a pound as an adult, that's no big deal, right? But when you're 5, 6 pounds, that pound is like 20% of your weight, right? He's growing, he's developing. Right? As adults, we forget about the significance of growth just because we're big, we're already grown, we look mature. Right? When St. Paul was talking to the Corinthians, he said, I wish I can give you solid food, but you're still like babes. I can only give you milk. And until now, all I can give you is milk. Imagine if we went to a doctor's appointment and Malachi still weighs six pounds. What's the doctor going to say? Oh, something's wrong. You're not feeding him right, or maybe there's like a developmental issue. Something's wrong. We're concerned. When I pause and I look at my life, am I growing? Am I developing? Am I praying? Am I reading the gospel? Am I serving? Right? Am I increasing in, in my struggle? Right? Because if I'm not, then there's a reason for concern. Right? I should be alarmed if I am not growing. If my devotion to God is not progressing, I should be alarmed. So one lesson we can learn from children is that they are growing and we should likewise grow, progress, and develop. Number six, is that Malachi is present. He doesn't care about the past or the future. He doesn't know anything about the past or the future. He's just present. When he's eating, he's eating. He's not multitasking. Right? Whenever he's going number one or two, he's going number one or two. Sometimes he'll multitask with that while he's eating. <laughs> but in general, he'll stop, he'll do his business, and then continue. Right? Whenever he's awake and he's moving around, then he's just awake and he's moving around. He's not multitasking in, in, in this cluttered way. A lot of times, we clutter our life with an effort to just conquer the world all at once. Right? Even when we're just having a conversation with someone, right? and we're thinking about what to do, we're thinking about the past, we're thinking about what's, what's coming next, right? and we're not really present with the person that's talking to us. Even at church, how often do our thoughts wander, and we're like, wait, I'm in front of God. My Savior is, is speaking to me. Right? I, I should direct my mind, my thoughts, my attention to Christ. Right? Whenever I'm doing any task at home, be attentive and faithful to that task as if your, your sanctity depends on it. Because we are holy 
We are sanctified by our faithfulness to whatever task we are entrusted doing right now. So right now, the task for you to do, to be present in the moment, is just to listen to God speaking to you through these words. That's how you become a saint at this moment. Okay? So be present. Okay, That's number six, to be present. Number seven, is that Malachi is speechless. Right? He doesn't say a word, at least not yet. Right? I'm waiting for the day till mom and dad can argue with him. Right? But for now, he's speechless. He'll cry, he'll fuss, he'll make some noise, but he won't say a word. And I think that's a precious quality because silence is typically considered a weakness at this time. Right? If you're silent, then you're weak, then you're ignorant, then you don't know. But so many saints were silent. Right? We call Saint Pope Krullus the silent patriarch. Why? Because he entrusted all of his cares and his concerns to God in prayer. And he would say, We fill the air with words, just empty words. A lot of us just want to talk to hear our own voice. Right? But there's something precious about silence at the opportune time. Not every time is appropriate for, time, for silence. Right? But whenever it's not time to speak, let's not undervalue that silence. That's actually a very precious virtue. To hold our tongue whenever I'm tempted to retaliate or, or to say a word back. Right? A lot of times, especially children, we're tempted to answer back. Right? But there's something precious and virtuous about my sons and waiting for God to defend me. Okay, so number seven is speechless. Number eight, that Malachi is detached. He doesn't hold on to anything. As a matter of fact, his entire day is just spent getting rid of things. <laughs> so you can, in between the lines. <laughs> so a lot of times, we restrict ourselves in the progress that we, we want to make because we don't want to get rid of the bad things in our life. Right? Marina and I both change like 10 diapers a day. Right? He's constantly getting rid of the bad stuff. If I got rid of the bad stuff in my life with, with, with that intentionality, I would be a saint. So many bad stuff that I just want to expel, but for some reason, I'm attracted to it. For some reason, I'm attached to it. Right? But saints rejected and renounced everything in this world. Even the good. They weren't attached to anything. Right? What do we do in the beginning of a baptism? Right? You're going to see this next week. Before we accept Christ, who's facing the east, we turn to the west and we reject the world. We denounce Satan and every evil. We say, I want nothing to do with Satan and this world. Right? So, I have to ask myself, am I failing to make progress in my life because I'm attached to this or that? I'm attached to TV. I'm attached to my phone. Maybe I'm attached to sleep. Right? That's why I keep encouraging you guys to come to church on time. Maybe that's something I need to sacrifice. Sleep is good. 
Sleep is great. I love sleep. <laughs> I wish I had have more sleep. I'm running on like two and a half hours right now. It's great. But what happens when that sleep gets in the way of my relationship with God? Right? Or what happens when my phone gets in the way of my relationship with God? Or my TV? Or whatever it may be. Right? Be detached and get rid of whatever is restricting you. Number nine... That Malachi is gentle, okay? Gentle. He's like a little teddy bear, like soft skin, he's like gushy, like he's very gentle, right? That doesn't mean that we have to be doormats out in the world, right? To be gentle doesn't mean you, you forfeit all of your rights, right? It means you're not aggressive, you're not imposing yourself on other people, It means you have humility, you have meekness. Like Christ said, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly of heart. And in me, you'll find rest. Right? Gentleness is such a quality today that is just painted in such a negative light. Especially for men. If you're a man, you have to be masculine. You have to be tough. You have to be aggressive. You have to force your way. Right? Oh, you want to be gentle? You're like a little girl. And that's not the Christian path. The Christian path is about humility. It's about love. It's about meekness. And that quality of gentleness is so precious that people like St. Ambrose says, it is the perfection of all virtues. That gentleness is the perfection of all virtues. Right? So uh, let's ask ourselves, if I'm really pursuing a life of gentleness... If I'm trying to be gentle with the people around me, if I'm gentle with the kids that frustrate me, if I'm gentle with my spouse whenever really irritating me, if I'm gentle with my co-workers and my manager at work whenever they're really pushing my buttons, right? Be gentle. And number 10 is attractive. Malachi is attractive. Not that I'm biased or anything, but he is like one of the cutest babies in the world. Alright? He's just a cute baby. Just like every baby, like you see a cute little baby and it's like they, they gravitate everyone towards them. Right? As soon as people see a cute little baby, oh my goodness, they run towards the baby. That's why like when Marina comes right now, he's, uh, he still got, hasn't gotten his, uh, his vaccines. It's still early. So you have to avoid the crowds because everyone's going to rush to Malachi and like... You want to give them a little bit of space. But it's normal. Babies are cute. Everybody wants to run to them. They're attractive. Imagine if our life was like that. If we were so attractive that everybody is drawn to us, not in a physical way. Right? Not in a physical way. And that's how Christ lived his life. And Christ wasn't famous for his physical attraction. As a matter of fact, in, in Isaiah 53, it says that there was nothing beautiful about him that others should desire him. Right? But there was an inner beauty, a love, a spirit of sacrifice. It says, when I am lifted up to the cross, I will draw all men to me. When we have the fragrance of Christ, when there's that inner beauty, we can draw the world to Christ. 
right? Not the physical beauty. And, and just a word of advice to all the young women out there and, and the girls that will want to fit this image that the world presents. Don't get caught up in, in the physical appearances and, and the makeup and looking a certain way. That's not what matters. And that's not what guys find attractive anyways, just as a side note. Guys love that natural beauty. That's one of the reasons why I fell in love with Marina. I didn't really care about makeup. It was just natural. So what is your natural beauty? Is it your gentle spirit? Is it your compassion? Is it your love? How someone recognizes that you're so attentive to them that they appreciate you more than you can imagine. Right? You know that sort of person that's really attentive to you? You love them. You're attracted to them. Right? St. Peter says in chapter 3, verse 3 and 4, Don't let your adornment be merely outward, arranging the hair, wearing gold, or putting on fine apparel. Rather, let it be the hidden person of the heart with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. Right? When we have this inner beauty, we attract the world to us, and if we're heading towards God, the world will head towards God with us. As St. Paul said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. St. Paul wanted people to follow him. So it's not prideful or arrogant. You should want people to follow you, but not just to stay where you are, but to go towards Christ along your side. Right? Alright, so quickly the ten. Dependent. Honest. What else? Relaxed. Persistent. Growing. Present. Speechless. Detached. Gentle. And what? Attractive or cute, however you want to put it. Unto God is due all glory forever. Amen.